The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. So we're going to read from Matthew 4. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 12. And the Bible says, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Amen. I'm going to invite David to come and bring the message for today. Please welcome him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to worship with you. Boy, you know how to worship, don't you? Oh, goodness me. You know, they say it's about Methodism that it was born in song. Uh, I think the song was probably slightly quieter than, uh, than today. And uh, I don't think they had this kind of... Uh, instrumental music to lead them on, but I know they sang their praises, and you, you've, I'm sure you've heard of John Wesley, uh, the founder of Methodism, Well, his brother Charles, of course, was a, a great hymn writer. And Charles used to write hymns, and people set them to tunes, and they, they were the tunes they used to sing in the taverns and the pubs and so on, the, t- the tunes of ordinary people. And that's, I think, perhaps why so many ordinary people, special people, all sorts of people, responded to that message. Well, today you haven't got Charles Wesley or John Wesley. You've got David Lemon. But he's delighted to be here. Uh, very much, you, you feel you're sort of like, uh, you know, on stage and, you know, all these lights. Wonderful, yeah. The trouble is, if I go like that, you can see how bald I am, but never mind. <laughs> yes, it's lovely to be here. And, and I bring with me greetings from the Methodist people of Bromley from Karen, our minister, and from all the people who are worshipping today, just around, just past Sainsbury's. If you've been to Sainsbury's, you've seen the Methodist Church as you come out. And uh, we, I, I am a, what's called a lifelong Methodist. And I was just 
telling others that um, <clears throat> my ancestor, a man named James Lemon, was ordained a Methodist minister in 1816. That's about 20 or 30 years after John Wesley died. Uh, and I'm proud to tell you that in every generation of the family since then, there's been a Methodist preacher. And, and in the present generation, my, myself and my brothers, well, my two brothers are Methodist ministers. And I'm a, a Methodist local preacher. Now, what's that mean? Well, John Wesley, <clears throat> as I'm sure you probably remember from your history books or from nowhere else, toured the whole of England preaching the gospel. And many, many people were converted by that preaching. He used to preach in the open air sort of stand on the uh, tombstone outside the church because they wouldn't let him in. The, the Anglican, probably shouldn't, church. It's a week of Christian unity. I must not. <laughs> the Church of England then, which was very different to the church today, wouldn't let him in. Uh, they would do today, I know, because we get on ever so well with our Church of England brothers and sisters. But uh, Wesley used to preach and... and Charles Wesley uh, provided the, the gospel in song, just as we've been singing in contemporary uh, uh, music today. Uh, their hymns were set to the, the tunes they used to sing in the pubs and in the, you know, when they sort of get-togethers when they were singing. They knew the tunes, so they sang Wesley's words. And that's exactly, if you go back two centuries, three centuries, whatever it is, that's exactly what we've been doing here today. And uh, it's lovely to share in it. I'm a Methodist, so I say, local preacher. That's because <clears throat> when Wesley established uh, Methodist uh, societies, they called them then, uh, in different towns and places, he would set somebody as leader of that group. Obviously, he was touring around, so he couldn't be there all the time. He set up somebody to be the leader, and that leader was also called upon to preach. So he became called a local preacher, as opposed to a travelling preacher like Wesley. And, and our Methodist ministers today are still called travelling ministers. They don't go around all the time on horseback, but they don't stay in the same church all their ministry. You know, they move on after a while. Used to be every two or three years. Now it's much longer than that. Karen, our lovely minister at the Methodist Church, has been with us, I think it's about 12 or 13 years, but she will be going next year to somewhere else. They always move on. Anyhow, let me move on and, uh, and uh, address you and uh, express the word of God. What? Well, I've just said all that bit, haven't I? Yeah. Uh, let me move on. Now, this is the real stuff. Matthew four twelve to 13, we've just heard. Whenever I hear uh, or read in the Bible a reference to, the, to Galilee, my mind always, go, also always goes back to the day when, with a number of other people, I paddled in the Sea of Galilee. Now, I don't know if anybody else has paddled in the Sea of Galilee, but... It, it, it's cold, I can tell you that first of all, uh, but that's not too surprising. But I should explain that. Together with Christians from other churches in Bromley, we were on a, a, a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And uh, 
it's a wonderful experience. I don't know if any of you have been to the Holy Land. It's, to actually walk where Jesus walked is amazing. Uh, the only problem is, understandably, on most of the great sites, you know, where he fed the five, all, all the different stories in the Bible, in the Gospels, on all those sites, they've built a church. Now, you can understand them doing that, because they want to worship on that site. And also, of course, it preserves the site. Um, you know, we, you, you've got a church, and somewhere in it will be, you know, that's the place where Jesus stood, or whatever. But of course, it's hard to actually kind of imagine it because of all, you know, the church around. And they tend to be rather elaborate churches, you know, because they think they're in such a special place. But after a time in Jerusalem and going to lots of sites there, we went up north to Galilee. And you know, you can't build a church on the Lake of Galilee. Galilee looks today just as it looked when Jesus was there. Okay, there's some modern houses along the bank, but when you go out on the, on the lake, which we did, they have a, a boat which they call the Jesus boat. Uh, and you go out on that and you, we, we sang our praises there and we looked around. And what we were looking around and seeing, the hills, the lake, was exactly what Jesus saw. And that's a wonderful thing because when you're standing where Jesus stood, there's a very strong feeling that he's standing right beside you. And it was wonderful to be there. Wonderful to be there. Now, where are we? I, I'm getting so carried away with uh, my memories that I must now turn back to my notes. What we remember on those sites is that Jesus taught and healed and preached. And as I say, on each place there's a church. And... When you're walking beside it, beside the Lake of Galilee, you can see things, as I said, just as Jesus sees, saw them. And I was thinking of that when I was preparing this sermon. I have to turn these notes up here. Yeah, that's um, where are we? Oh. And I was, uh, that's right, yes, I was recalling uh, Whittier's great hymn, I don't know whether you sing it here, Dear Lord and Father of Mankind, are you familiar with that? And there's a verse in that that says, O Sabbath rest by Galilee, O calm of hills above, where Jesus knelt to share with thee the silence of eternity, interpreted by love. And it is just like that, the silence of eternity. You're there and you know you, you feel what happened 2,000 years ago. And you feel what's going to happen in the future because it's wonderful. Jesus was born, baptized, and tested in Judea. Jesus' death and resurrection, as we now know, happened in Jerusalem, in Judea. But his ministry was mostly in Galilee. And when you're there, you're walking where Jesus walked, seeing what Jesus saw, and you can almost hear what Jesus said. But why did he go to Galilee? Surely if he'd stayed in Jerusalem, it had far bigger crowds. Why did he go up to Galilee? Galilee? Well, I think there's uh, 
probably a number of reasons. Galilee of the Gentiles, it was called in those days. Now, why did they call it that? Well, Galilee, if, you, if you've looked at the map in the back of your Bibles, you know that Galilee is at the north of what we now call Israel and was surrounded by other countries. Then, as now, people moved around for trade, to meet people, because they had relatives there or whatever. So people would come into Galilee, the Galilee area from those other countries. Some of them came in to trade, some of them came and stayed there. So what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, Galilee was a, a mixed community, uh, just like London is today, just like Bromley is today, people from all parts around. Bromley is from all parts of the world. From them it was from the, their world, the local area. There were lots of people there. And uh, because of that, it was a place where, like no other place, where anybody with a message, somebody to, somebody to sell or whatever, there they would meet people from all around. Not just one nice, polite little group, but the people from different countries, different beliefs, different understandings. What a fertile ground for mission. What a wonderful place for Jesus to express his ministry to people who would then perhaps, well not perhaps, they did, take that message back to their own people. Uh, they did that and they did that and they did that and finally they brought it to Bromley Town Church and Bromley Methodist Church. <laughs> yes, well I'm, I'm shortening history a bit there but you know what I mean. Now, William Barclay, I don't know if you read William Barclay's books at all, I, I do uh, uh, quite often, he, he's, he's a bit, well, he, he died several years ago, but he, my goodness me, he got a lot of wisdom and he understood scripture and he knew how to interpret it. And he says, history had made Galilee the one place in all Palestine where a new teacher with a new message had any chance of being heard. You see that? Understand that? When you think about that, you, you, you think of Jesus thinking that, knowing that that was the way he had to be. And he was heard, of course. He was heard, and later they wrote down what he said, and later they published it, and they called it the Bible, and later and later and later the Bible came down to, now we've got it. And we too can hear what Jesus said. We too can walk with him. We too can know his presence today. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? That's a wonderful thing. Now, just for a bit of additional information from my research from this sermon, it was mentioned in the reading of Zebulun and Naphtali. Now, they were sons of Jacob. Uh, if you want to look it up, it's in Genesis chapter 49, verse 13, verse 21. But I expect you knew, you knew that already, didn't you? Uh, well, I'm sure you knew they were sons of Jacob, anyhow. When I read it, I thought, oh, yeah, of course they are, of course they are. Uh, so, in Jesus' time, these towns, well, the, Naphtali and, and Zebulun were kind of like their... Do you remember how the, the land was shared out between the, the sons of, of, of Jacob? And 
that was their area of land. I, I, I suspect that by the time of Jesus, there were communities living there, towns or whatever. Uh, but they were uh, up there uh, by the Sea of Galilee. And uh, when I was writing this, when I was writing this, I was sort of taken back there, really. And I thought, that was a wonderful thing. But what, what if instead of going to Galilee, he'd come to Bromley? Well, maybe uh, they would then have recorded, he went, or oh, leaving London, he went to Bromley. Um, this is a modernized version of what we just heard read. He came to Bromley, the land of H.G. Wells and Charles Darwin. The way to the sea via Bromley South Station. <laughs> the people there walked in darkness, but they have seen a great light. A light has dawned on Bromley. That's a thought, isn't it? Doesn't that bring the gospel to us? And Jesus, well aware of that, preached to them and preaches to us. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And then, as we heard, Jesus called some fishermen by the lake. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men and women and children. He meant, of course. The message uh, version of the Bible puts it very clearly. That translation has a saying, Jesus saying this, Come with me, I'll make you a new kind of fisherman. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. I like that. Catching men and women instead of perch and bass. And Peter and Andrew, James and John, we're told, immediately left their boats and followed him. Would you have responded like that? If you'd been fishing by the river Ravensbourne, and Jesus came along and said, Come, follow me. I hope we would. I think we might have said, Well, I've got to go home and take this fish. They're going to cook it for dinner. Um, and, you know, the children want it. And, oh, and then I've got... I'm afraid sometimes that's what we do, isn't it? Jesus calls and we say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm a bit busy at the moment. Well, a bit later do. But of course, a bit later won't do. Because a bit later may never come. Well, we say, all right, you're talking about Peter and, and, and uh, James and John and Andrew. I mean... They're saints of the church. My goodness me, in Bromley, we've got churches named after them. Uh, yes, well, that's true, of course. But, you know, Peter, Andrew, James, John, the other others, when Jesus called them, they weren't special. They weren't marked out different. They didn't have a halo around the top of their heads. They were fishermen. I don't know if you ever met any fishermen 
uh, you know, by the sea. I, I was brought up in Norfolk, and we often went down to the sea. And places like Yarmouth, you'd you'd see the fishermen, and you'd look at them, and you'd think, Jesus called people like that. Oh, I don't mean that dis- you know dismissively, but they're rough and ready. They were, and um, their language isn't always uh, choice, particularly when the fish gets away. But those are the people Jesus chose, fishermen. And he went on and he, he called a member of the Inland Revenue, tax collector. A tax collector, one of the most hated people in, in the country. Because the taxes didn't go to help them empty into the pockets of the Romans. Yet Jesus called Matthew. Actually, I always have a soft spot for Matthew the tax collector. My dad was a tax collector for 40 years. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was also a Methodist local preacher like me. So, uh, uh, And he bred two Methodist ministers and me as well as a local preacher. So he was a good man. He was a lovely man. And God bless him. He, he died aged 94 uh, some years ago. Do you know, he, he preached his last sermon about six months before he died, in his 90s. Goodness me. I don't know whether I'll manage that long, but uh, <coughs> I have to say, I have done over 60 years so far, so, but there we are. Anyhow, uh, I mustn't keep distracting myself. <laughs> Get back to the gospel. There we are. You see, Peter and James and John... They were not uh, flashy people. They were not showing off. They were not showing off. If you're a flashy fisherman on a boat, you're probably going to fall off the boat. So, uh, flashy, I know I can say this one, flashy fishermen frighten the fish. Yeah. Oh, I got it out. Flashy fishermen frighten the fish. Ah, dear. Barclay writes again, the wise preacher and teacher will seek to present people not with themselves, but with Jesus Christ. Peter and James and John were ordinary people, just like all of us are. But they didn't go out and say, I'm a very special person. I've been called here today to preach to you lot. And I'm a Methodist and I'm going to tell you how it is. No. Well, I just did do that, but you know I didn't mean it. You know, we are ordinary people, just as they were ordinary people. But those disciples, following on from Jesus, helped, helped him to change the world. I wonder if we could begin to change Bromley. Perhaps you are doing so. Perhaps there's some of you here this morning who were Bromley folks who, kind of put it this way, needed changing. And you came here, and you found Jesus. And it's done that. Your heart has been changed, you've been blessed. That's what it's all about. It doesn't matter whether we're Methodists or Anglicans or Catholics or whatever. We are people following Jesus. In a different way, singing different kinds of songs, different sort of music, doing different activities perhaps. But at the heart of it, we're here to worship God and to tell people about Jesus. I 
guess that's the hard part, isn't it? I remember that I used to work down, walk down Bromley High Street, and somewhere down near Bromley South, there used to be a chap standing with a Bible and preaching. As a preaching, he was, you know, he was a little strange, but he was there and he was doing it, and people walked past him and, like this. Yeah. I wonder if this is that for Jesus. Oh, is that Jesus again? Going on about it again? I suspect some people did. And they'll say that about us if we try to really live out the Christian life, really uh, share God with others. I say, oh, no, we don't hear about it again. Oh, he's one of those God worshippers, you know, down there singing his hymns all the time. Oh, dear. But that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. Preachers need to be aware of the fact that you, we're not here to present ourselves. We're not here to show people how wonderful we are. We're here to bring people to God. It's quite easy, actually, to be a little bit proud as a preacher. You know, when a member of the congregation sort of praises your sermon. Now, that's not asking for... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually they don't very often do that usually they say oh there were lovely hymns you chose today <laughs> ah yes 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 oh I like the way you prayed um, what did you think about the challenge I made in the sermon well I'm, I'm just going to have a cup of coffee <laughs> oh dear really Matthew tells us that Jesus went throughout Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. Centuries later, the message came to us, to you and me. Let us praise God for it. Well, yes, we've been praising God for it, but let us praise God for it. Not just when we gather in here and the music's good, but Let's praise God for it. Oh, I don't know. Sing the praises of God as you're walking down the high street if you want to. You may get some funny looks, but do it. But praise God more importantly in the way we live. Our lives should be a song of white praise. Our daily work should be a ministry for Jesus. Our home life should be a fellowship of loving people. Bromley could possibly then be a truly Christian town. Do you know, I haven't exactly followed my notes all the way through there. Uh, I hope you don't mind the bits where I wandered off. But I do want to say that <coughs> you know, I say I've been preaching for over 60 years. Before that, my father, before that, his father, my two brothers are Methodist ministers. Now, that make, make us sound like, you know, the Lemons are a, a very holy and a Christian family. Well, we are a Christian family, but, you know, we have our problems too. Believe it or not, 
Every now and then, my wife and I don't agree about something. <laughs> and believe it or not, we tell each other. And sometimes you tell each other a bit like that. But uh, later we have a kiss and a cuddle and life goes on. Uh, but I think it... <laughs> I feel so much at home here, and I love the worship we've had, and I'm looking forward to some more. But it, 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 as I said, it's making me feel, not just to read the script there, but I've, I've read most of it, but to say how, how lovely it is to also to be a part of this Christian community in Bromley. You know, when you kind of walk down Bromley High Street on a Saturday afternoon, and you see all the people rushing around, the kids chasing about, and the uh, teenagers hanging out on the corners, all that sort of thing, you say, oh dear, oh dear. You know... <laughs> It's a sort of mixed bag, this place. But it's not a mixed bag. It's God's home. <laughs> Jesus walks down Bromley High Street. I'm not sure whether he catches the train at Bromley South, but you know what I'm saying. Let's, let's be aware of that. Let's know, just as I felt it so much when I was walking in the hills of Galilee, in the flat places of Bromley, Jesus is just as close. Let us thank God for that. Let us praise God for that. And let us follow him all the days of our life. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning. Or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com